Hello, and welcome to our latest episode of Certified Fresh. I'm your host on this podcast, Z-Unit. On this episode, we're breaking it down with one of our dynamic duo teams and getting to know another new member of Team Line Drive. Our first segment focuses on an industrial distribution partner of ours where we've really seen strong growth in the past few years, and that's Airgas. Doug Eichner and Trevor Bayman join me on ZF to break down how they've engaged with this IMRO partner and the strategies that they've employed to help grow this business. Certainly, the tenacity and foundational relationships that these two have shown and built is truly making an impact. These relationships are actually so strong that Doug had to ditch out on our session to attend a strategy meeting with their product team. Then, we continue on with our series, Get to Know a Newbie. For this segment, I'm joined by Neil Lang, who coincidentally took over for Trevor in the Wisconsin market. Neil's not a stranger to industrial distribution, or line drive for that matter, and is ready to do just a good job for his distribution partners as Trevor did for him. Also, make sure you listen to the end. There's something pretty cool you're going to want to hear. And now, enjoy the latest. Sit back, turn up the volume, and stay fresh. All right, joining me this week, it's the dynamic duo, the uh, Wonder Twins. I don't know what you call this. These are these are two guys with long history with Line Drive who are bringing us some excellent success with one of our main uh, distribution partners with Airgas. It is Trevor Bayman and Doug Eichner. Trev, Doug, how are we doing today? Busy. How's it going? Can you call me every day and just and just pump me up like that? Yes, I'm a, I'm a hype machine. We're like, yeah. One of these buttons got crowd noise on it, but I don't know which. So. Right. Well, hey, Trev, this is being recorded, so we can watch this every morning. Yeah. There you go. That's nice. right. Yeah. That's right. So um, this is awesome. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, I, I know this. Uh, we wanna, we're going to talk air gas today, and, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and, and you all are, are deeply ingrained over there, so I love it. But uh, Doug, you've been at Line Drive for a while now. Like, Talk to us. Uh, so for those of us who, who may not know Doug, let's, uh, let's give a little Doug background. All right. So the, the, the Doug background, I mean, I think the fun thing for me is uh, I used to be a line drive customer, right? So when I was at Greenlee uh, for many years, worked uh, with, I led the product development team. So that's where I got to know Mitch and Mitch helping line, helping Greenlee figure out how to work Granger and Fasten all that was, that was key to our growth. Uh, and then Amazon from there, but so got to see how good line drive is. And then when I had an opportunity uh, to come to work for Line Drive, it was yeah. I know they're world class and and best at what they do. So it was a, a no brainer to come on board and and work with the Line Drive team. And it's been uh, nothing but the best since then. So excited to uh, really try to with Trev here, kind of crack the code a little bit on air gas. Right. So you've been here for a few years and mainly focusing on MSC, air gas, and, and we'll get into it a little bit, but you, you know, I, I think that's right. You've, you've cracked the code or at least we, we've opened up some doors there that previously were, right. were not open, which is exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been good. And Trev, you've been with Line Drive 100 years. You and I riding around in the little infinity, eating chippers in Schwano, Wisconsin, hanging out at the Lambeau Field uh, bar. You know, it's, it's been like, a tell, talk about your path because it's pretty exciting, pretty interesting. Yeah, it's been nine years. I mean, we used to share a hotel room back in the day. It seems like we worked together um, for the first two years of my, my time with Line Drive, mainly <laughs> in the field. Trevor's witnessed me do some uh, failed demos, bad customer interactions, just you know the, the whole gamut. It was like it was like a class in what not to do. 
He's like, he's like, this is no, I'm gonna, just, I'm one, watch, I'm just gonna, one bad Greenlee demo. That was it. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna watch Greenlee. this. He's like, I'm gonna watch this guy totally uh, screw up a three thousand dollar piece of equipment, and no, uh, maybe I should not do this. So. Which is good. So, um, talk to us about Airgas. So, when we think about Airgas, that's just like a mystery around it, but Airgas is a little bit different than our, our traditional IMRO partners. You know, you've got your Grangers, your Fast and All. Um, talk about, like, the model of Airgas. Um, you know, help us understand it, how, how it's different and how they're focused and what they're focused on. I'll start, Trev. I mean, I think the first thing to, to realize with Airgas is Airgas is 16 different businesses. So, they have different P&Ls and different leadership. So it's it's a little harder. There is not a lot of top down. You will do this. It's kind of getting the buy in of 16 different organizations to go and do things. So that makes it a little bit different. And obviously, they're a gas business first and then hard goods. And even within hard goods, it's welding is kind of their first. That's their baby uh, because it goes with the gas and then safety. While it's important, everyone at Airgas knows it's it's the fourth or fifth or ninth thing out of their bag to talk about. Uh, so it, it does take some work to get that organization to, to get into a plant and talk about safety first. Um, but that's where their 65, 70 safety specialists really come into play. And that's sort of the, the first spot. That's ground zero. It's having that relationship with the safety specialists. And last thing I'll say about it before I pass to Trev is when we look at the data and analyze it, where we're doing well, it typically starts with a relationship with the safety specialist. We'll go through and take a look at how many ops we've got in a region and where we've got a lot of engagement with the safety specialists. And there's phone calls and there's communication back and forth is where we're doing well with our guests. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, Trev, I know you're going to chime in here. Yeah, the other piece that um, a lot of our sellers are probably not aware is that Airgas has a lot of layers. There's a lot of different layers to it. There's a whole advanced fabrication team that our, our SCs are just, just getting to know. And, and we've uncovered that through this fluke relationship. They have a construction team that's you know national. They have a bulk gas specialist team. They have a medical team. All things that we've probably, you know, our, our field sales team's not even aware of. So that's one thing. That, those are different teams that we're working to get more engaged with. And, and it just depends on the manufacturer where there's going to be a good fit moving forward. And, and Doug and I are, are definitely trying to work from the top down to, to help with that strategy. Yeah, I think that's really interesting when, you know, I bring that up because there's that traditional like gas versus hard goods or whatnot, right? And it's like, oh, we're only selling gas or we only sell, you know, welding stuff as Doug, you mentioned. But I think mm-hmm. we've seen over the years, there's there's definitely been, at least in the past year or two, there's been a, a sort of widening of what they're focusing on and, and what they're looking for. And with the addition of, you know, I, it, I'd be almost sure. pressed to say, does anyone have more safety specialists than air gas, you know, is what they're going out and really focusing on that safety piece, which obviously is a great alignment for what we do and, and, and how we bring customer safety out in, into the forefront. The other unique piece to Airgas is really their call centers. And so they have five call centers, 300 plus inside sellers, mm. strategic accounts teams on the inside, um, five across the country. And, and we're, you know, it, we bring a lot of value to, to Airgas with the, with the SCs that are calling on those call centers. DuPont, mm. it's like 60% of the business from DuPont's gone through those, just those five. Yeah, that's definitely a unique, uh, a unique positioning. I know we've we've done that in the past. You know, even back in like two thousand and six, two thousand eight, going to the call centers, educating the people. They really, uh, you know, they've they've taken a, a different level as far as um, really being proactive with that sales team. 
Yeah, and they put. I think that sales team is trained better than any other sales team uh, of our distributors. They really focus on putting a knowledgeable seller on that phone, and and those sellers in those call centers can be calling on a small welding shop, everything to calling on Lockheed Martin from uh, you know from that call center. So you've got a range of skill sets and capabilities. They've also got a wholesale team in there that um, you know that does really well. It's about twenty five sellers, and they just they sell a ton of Dupont for us across the country. Yeah, I think it's very steep. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. You, as you made a couple minutes ago, like the layers. You know, it's not just an outside seller team, or it's not just this. You know, there's inside, there's national account, there's this, and, and some of those inside people are backing up the outside. So they really have a, right. some of their larger customers. They really have a great team there. So um, for us, maybe I don't want to say it's, it. I wouldn't say challenge. It's just making sure that you know everyone who's touching customers within your area and, and being able to reach out to that. Now you mentioned Dupont, and you know it is a it's a massive. It's a massive branded air gas. Air gas is a massive company for DuPont. And that's sort of where we started, Doug. We can talk a little bit about, you know, I know you mm-hmm. came into it and that, that was our foundation. You know, how do we initially engage and how has that evolved? Um, yeah, it's been it's been great. That has been the foundation for us. and uh, But we continue to try and do new things with them. Uh, we're pushing the envelope on promos because we do a lot through the call centers. We've changed up how we do the promos. We've extended it. This is our first year. We'll have a two-month promo for DuPont. It's typically one month. Everybody does a month. But we've asked to try to change it up and, uh, and do something different because we recognize a lot of volume does go through the call center. And, uh, and we're looking to use that as an engine. So this, this year, starting September, we'll have a, a two-month promo uh, at the call center. And, uh, and then making it a, a unique promo for the wholesale team uh, and doing things a little bit different there. Uh, we switched gears also. No COVID, no co-op. So can't get in there and do our fun Friday events <laughs> and Halloween costumes and, and whatever and lip-syncing contests that have gone on uh, in different places in the past. Uh, so we've been doing those things, um, but now can't do it. So we switch gears and and put some promos in place. So at Airgas now, both Trevor and I are working and getting out to the field and saying, you know, ten thousand dollars a co-op if you want to do a spiff on uh, on, a, on a contest on selling more Dupont. So we're we're changing things up and and figuring out how to work it, whether it's COVID or or just making you know fresh business decisions yeah i appreciate the, the i don't say the flexibility but they've always had fun with you know how do we engage and when we bring these partnered vendors in and and we all and we all you all have been uh great about uh, making it fun building contests and doing that so um when you look from like the, the program side you know how, i think it's there's been some great changes how, how have you unlocked what's going on there where, where have you seen um the pathways to get in and, and help expand line drives presence yeah, uh, you know, it, it, Trevor says this. We say this in our dialogues all the time. It's always about the relationship, um, and I think we've built a really good. And it takes time, but we've built a really good relationship with their program managers, and uh, and there's trust. There's a lot of trust there, and partnership. And they know that I've got their backs, and I'm trying to help them grow their air gas business, and and they understand the knowledge and. And the relationships that Trevor brings from his time in the field that we really get this. We understand air gas. And that now has opened up things like a a WD-40. You know, we're about to take that business direct and and have a relationship with them directly. Uh, We did a great onboarding of RPB in the past and turned that into a tier two vendor. Um, 
you know, we've had a couple of those graduating. Zoll is now a, a tier two vendor. And it's it's really around the relationship. They, uh, they've told us what the secret sauce is and how to make it work and run it through and and that's what we do. Oh, you brought up tiers, which is it. So help, help us understand. There's, there's this whole tier model and tier one, tier two, tier three. What, what, what's it really about? What, what is the impact and, and how do we navigate our manufacturers through these tier systems? Jeff, you want to do that one? Sure. I mean, I mean, really, tier one and tier two is going to be preferred. If you're tier three, you're on the outside looking in. And so a handful of our manufacturers are still tier three. And so what we're working on right now is there's, there's five tier one and tier two suppliers that Line Drive is supporting at Airgas right now. By the end of the year, our goal is to have another two or three uh, to tier two status. Really, we have a couple that are on the on the fence right now, Warner, Fluke, and uh, possibly even Garlock. Have some meetings coming up at ASSP, had a meeting this week. And that's back to the relationship piece where you know, we have a couple of liaisons to the entire, you know, call center sales team with Kim Bell and then uh, Diane Bouchard, that's our liaison to the safety specialist team. She'll help us support opportunities in the field that we can go and try to win in the field before we're tier two to try to promote our status and show them like, hey, this is, you know, a good opportunity for us to get get a, at least a conversation started to try to move towards tier two, which again can take can take time. I mean, getting to tier two status can take six months, right, Doc? It can take a uh, year. It can take longer. Yeah. If there's no legs, it can take forever. Uh, <laughs> but it's figuring that out and building the legs that make it work, and that's that's a big part of it. You know, uh, if we don't have that that partnership and the support between the activity in the field and the top down corporate, it uh, we work without working together, it won't happen. But uh, that's how it worked with you know with RPB and making that happen, and uh, and same with Werner and Fluke right now. So their air gas corporate is seeing what's going on. We're selling a couple II 900s. We're selling some thermal imaging cameras out in the field as a tier three and unsupported brand, but we're making those things happen and they're seeing it. That helps my conversation at the corporate office to say, hey guys, we really need to do this. We can grow this business. You can make all these margin dollars and there's a whole plan. And we go to those conversations with a plan of how we'll execute. And they look at it and go, yeah, we, we know because we've seen you do it before. <laughs> so it's, it's a little like a chicken and egg thing, right? You know, it's, we, you're, yes. we're, we're putting it in there. So be, being a tier three, is, it's not like poison. It's just, you, you talk about like supported, it's just a little bit less as far as like promotionals or dollars or, or visibility within the system. But that doesn't mean we can't sell the product. You know, they've got an entrepreneurial right. spirit. So it right. takes, it, sometimes it takes a push from the field to get things going and then for corporate and HQ to realize like, Hey, this makes sense. This is something we should be selling. Exactly. Exactly. Another, another example of that is, is making sure that the safety specialists are getting credit for it. So when Doug helped get fluke set up, we got it coded correctly for those safety specialists to be getting credit for fluke. You know, right now, Warner, they're not getting credit on ladders. So as part of the program, in, in pushing them towards a tier two status, that's something that Doug brought saying we need them to have, we need the safety specialists to get credit or we're not going to be able to, to you know, right. move that move that needle as much as we need to. I like that for a, a vibration sensor, the, the safety specialists getting credit, but for like a ladder and fall protection, they are not. So that's, that's good. I like that. that that's a, a, a good way in. 
So you, you, we, we place these programs. Doug, like thinking about over the past few years, you know, like what program were you really excited that you were able to get like, um, you know, placement and interest and, and really get going? I think the really fun one was RPB. Um, you know, we had we had $30,000 of business at RPB when we started. And, uh, and, and working out in the field and finding some opportunities and, uh, and over a slice of pizza – uh, with uh, with Kim Bell, as Trevor mentioned, talking about New Core Steel and Volcraft and some opportunities there. There was a little smoke. We talked about it. We said, how do we make it fire? We went back to the call center. We talked to the person in the call center that was facilitating and helping with some of these orders. And um, they then put a program together. We coordinated with Trevor and in, in rolling it out and getting out to the, the sellers, the air gas sellers calling on, uh, on Volcraft and you know, and it just went. And I think that program sold about $350,000, which really put RPB on the map at Airgas. And they said, wow, we see this thing's got, you know, it's got legs. Let's go make these guys tier two. So, so is uh, that something that you, I guess you, you learn from that, right? It's not just, just, right. it's not just print a flyer and push it out to, you know, our team to send it out. It's getting, working with the call centers, working with national accounts, really digging in there to, to start finding it. And I like that where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're, we just keep replicating, right? We're in the midst of coast as well. So Trev did a great job getting some coast product into the Mid-South region. Uh, we've got landing now 21 displays across the East region uh, for coast flashlights. And this is all part of a plan to get them to be tier two and potentially even uh, some Radnor branded uh, headlamps and flashlights. So what makes someone, what, what, what does it take to go, like, so when you go from tier three to tier two, when you get in that inner circle, what is it sales dollars? Is it an engagement? What, what drives that? Trev, you want to take that one? Yeah, really, it's, it's a combined, uh, a combination of things, I guess. But a big piece is the sales dollars. I think it's a 500K minimum is what they're usually looking for as a threshold. And so the fluke piece, even though we're not quite there yet, they're seeing the trends. We have close to 80 opportunities in the pipeline, almost a million dollars in pipeline. One opportunity internally is like over 300,000 just for the just for air gas to utilize internally for their process facilities for their engineering group. So there's they see it. They understand it. For me, Fluke would be the biggest one, would be the most exciting one that we've worked on. I mean, we've been working on that one for 18 months, probably. Uh, we thought we were set up, then we weren't set up, and then you know some some things changed at fluke and we're back you know we're back and and our team's doing good we're you know the field's got a lot of pipeline i have four trainings just today and monday for 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 fluke and the well process specialist team so again it's a getting us into different layers at air gas which is also a huge huge play for us so um, that's what I'm really excited about. I think that mm-hmm. I think that one's a kind of an interesting thing. And, and, and thinking about Fluke, and I know initially there was a little bit of hesitance on both sides. You know, Fluke mm-hmm. saying like, "Hey, the, the, these guys sell gas or what? You know, they're, they're running around." And Airgas saying like, "Well, this is like electrical equipment. What would we possibly do?" And and I think that's right. a, a little bit of the interesting like perception change, maybe like perception uh, realization that hey, these guys are selling safety. They're looking at, you know, they're calling on large manufacturing accounts. They are talking to people and, and from, you know, from, from Fluke's, you know, the Fluke side, but from Airgas side, like, hey, these are tools that help your customers, whether it's energy conservation, whether it's safety, whether it's even just, you know, to your point, even internally um, identifying the, the ways that those tools can help. So I think that's an interesting story where you've got two people on different sides who've come together and said, wow, we actually are a pretty good fit here. 
Right. And it, it was dr- kicking and dragging a little bit because it, uh, we sort of believed it. And, you know, I think Trevor and I kind of stuck our, our necks out a little bit saying, we believe it and uh, we know this will happen. Um, trust us. And, uh, you know, so we kept pushing it and pushing it. And I have to say, you know, uh, Stringe was very supportive uh, of, of making it happen. Uh, line drive leadership was was OK. If you guys say this will work we'll back you on it with fluke because who wants to go to a client and say something that that's going to work and then and then it doesn't work right um but you know leadership was very supportive of all right if if you guys think it's going to work go run with it go push it so i just heard good. the uh, i heard the classic sales from happy ears yesterday someone was talking about happy you know like that sales people like oh of course we'll sell it like, yeah let us get us get in there yeah. we're gonna sell it and i think it's a credit to both of you and to trust point earlier there's a million dollars of pipeline that's out there like it makes sense and it fits. And that's, you know, hats off you guys to understanding the business and saying, no, I, I know, I understand the product. I know what it is and it's going to fit in here. And then, you know, doing the, yeah. the legwork to get it to work. But I think that's a, probably a really great success story and, and not counting the, kit, the chickens before they hatch. I'm going back to my earlier right. reference, but, you know, there, there's definitely something there. And I think that's going to be a great story, you know, six months down the road to talk about what an incredible partnership that is. Absolutely. It will be. Yeah. And it's right. a huge runway. That that pipeline's just in the last ninety days, so it's we we see this as just a huge, huge opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, looking at that, you know, and Doug, you've you know you've worked for for a few years and trying to build those relationships and unlock. And um, Trevor's come on, and, and we've, we've we've brought Trevor onto the team into a full time role. You know, with the addition of Trevor, how's how's that impacted the relationship at, at Airgas, bringing that field knowledge, or you know, the, the guy that carried the bag, if you will. Yeah, I mean, and Trevor already had relationships with some of the key stakeholders, right? Um, like Diane Bouchard. Trevor already knew Diane. Uh, the, the great thing about it is Trev's got the street cred that we go in and, you know, we certainly make sure that when we're at the corporate office, we were just at the corporate office together this week, um, you know, going in and saying, hey, Trevor's been doing this for nine years and Trevor's been in the, the Germantown call center who knows how many times. So he gets it from that how it gets sold. Uh, and and the the dialogue and the interaction with safety specialists and account managers and DMs, so uh, that really helps from that standpoint. But really, where you know where it really uh, comes into play is like with these programs, like with Coast or with Fluke, where we're building out these tier threes and getting them to be tier two. It helps so much to have that activity in the field, and uh, you know. Trevor's doing the yeoman work. I mean, some of these cases, he's driving a lot of these interactions with the single points of contact and the call centers on the construction side and not only doing the trainings, but finding the targets and then building campaigns. And and that just builds that momentum. And that's when Airgas looks at it and says, oh, I see you guys can sell this stuff here with us. Great. Let's talk about tier two. Right. Trev, do you think that you've, you've gained some credibility with the field leadership and the teams that are out there by saying, like, look, I've, I've been out, I've been to the call centers, I've been on the field, I've worked with your teams. Is that, do, do you find that that's, that's beneficial? Oh, for sure. Because a, a key thing is understanding air gas. And, and that's what I'm even trying to teach our field. So when I have one on ones with our SEs, really trying to pull back the layers and, and help them understand the whole air gas animal because of the different regions, the 16 different regions, each region, even though there's programs set up, you know, at the corporate office, each region still has a different way of looking at everything. Some regions will jump on a tier three and let you do a training even 
you know so so it's just really you know going in in and preaching that sort of like hey i've been there i've done that i've worked with the safety specialists i've spent time at the call centers i understand you know how you guys go to to market just like doug said and and they do you know vibe off of that because they they feel like you're you're learning their business you understand it and and um i can help facilitate that with our field sales team I think that's a, that's probably a key thing across a not an air gas specific thing, but like really understanding our, our distributor partners business, and and that's probably I don't say half the battle, but it does help, and they, they feel like you 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 know their goals and you're aligned to their goals, and um, yeah, it's important. You mentioned that you were there this week, so what what we learn in person? We rarely in person. We're there this week. We get to, to knock it out of the park. What uh, what were the, some of the big revelations you got learned this week? Well, we learned that we're not allowed back anymore. They shut, <laughs> they shut the door behind us. So uh, we were the, we were the it's that, it's that Tennessee. It's that Tennessee Delta that you brought in there. And they were like, that's it. <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there now. But um, uh, yeah, they locked the door behind us um, and said no more visitors. But, um, you know, but we had some really good follow-up meetings on uh, – Building out a for example, building out a sales plan with Garlock. So we spent some time on that. Really, it wasn't even with the product manager; it was with sales. It was uh, building a story and a message and a foundation to help sales go out get some business, so that then the product manager looks at it and says, "Okay, I, I see this. I see this business that you've built up." So, um, so that's that's very critical. Building a wholesale, we got a uh, just about the agreement on a, on a wholesale program with Dunlop and get that piece nailed down. Uh, and get ready for signatures. So, uh, you know, we want to be as sticky as possible with our clients and our brands in there. And uh, having, um, you know, Dunlop now in the wholesale program just makes them that much more important, uh, that much stickier, and then uh, gives us better opportunity to get their private brand business, which is really the next step uh, on that. And then obviously dinners, right? Relationship relationship building and spending time with the air gas team. So uh, that's important to do. And Obviously, you learn a lot while you're breaking bread with someone, right? No, that's good. And they had a rough, they had a rough year last year, and, and I think they're they're more open now than ever to want to find ways to move business. And so that's 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 one thing. Just even through my conversations with Doug, you know, from from previous times, some of the players have changed internally, but they're they're interested in in, in partnering with us with some of those tier threes. So. It's exciting because they they need to move they need to move product you know and they need to move it now. Yeah, you know what's also new a little bit new at Airgas too is got a, we have a new product manager for uh, hand protection, and so Tony Amolo comes out of the field. Kind of a similar story here, you know, a little bit like like Trev. Tony's a safety specialist with a long history of safety uh, from the East Region. And uh, we have a great relationship with Tony because Peter had a great relationship with Tony. So Tony's a line drive supporter. He gets it. He's an MCR supporter. Uh, this was our first time we had a sit down for the morning. Um, and he's a, he's a much different uh, leader uh, than, than previously. And I think we're going to do a lot of uh, new business, new activities with MCR and uh, a lot of new cut nines getting approved this week and uh, and getting set up at Airgas. So we're excited about uh, MCR's future here with Airgas. It's a turning point. 
No, that's awesome. And I, I love to hear about the loyal fans that we have out there, right? You never know when, when you're going to make that impression. And, and Peter working in the field with, with Tony to make him a, a loyal fan of Line Drive, really being that supporter. Uh, it, it, Doug, I love that you're teeing this up. You know, I was going to ask Trev, this safety specialist focus, I know you've worked really hard in connecting our team with the safety specialists and building those relationships. You know, what's been successful in your reach outs there and, and the work that you've put in? The strategy session, so setting up a virtual 30-minute strategy session is probably the number one key thing. And the other piece is the cell phone test. Do you, is their number in your phone? Is, is that safety specialist, do they have your number in their phone? I mean, it's such an easy thing, but, it, it, you know, and so a lot of the, when I have, uh, when a lot of the new SEs come on board, trying to set those uh, strategy sessions up as soon as we can with the aligned safety specialist. Just make sure they're comfortable, understand the you know the strategy moving forward, and start getting engaged right away. I'm always looking for like the deep pieces of wisdom, and like yeah. that that was, but it's, just, like, it's very unexpected. Like, do you have this person's number on your phone? It's like, oh, okay, well, you got to. It's one on one, right? You got to start. You got to start with the blocking and tackling. <laughs> it's very foundational, but I, I love that, and that that's a cool thing. And, and I think the one thing, you know, Trev, I hear this all the time that you know when I'm out in the field and working with our new hires and and, and getting out there that the, the same refrain over and over again is like Trevor's calling me, Trevor set up this meeting, Trevor's coming in for this, Trevor's doing that. Like, I think your tenacity and in the way that you're doing, maybe I don't want to say a little bit different than other BDMs, you know, from that role, but it really seems that you've embraced um, being out there. And I don't know if that's the field background or what, but you know, I, I think that you know, talk, talk to me. What 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 have you found that's really been that that key to unlock the success? Well, for me, I've I've wanted to focus there because I don't think air gas comes naturally to our SCs, just because there's not a lot of. Uh, engagement from air guests they're not going to just start reaching out to rses you know oh hey i've heard you're you're new let's go out and make some calls that's just not going to happen right so it's making those connections making sure that our our team is is comfortable and understands air gas is really such a huge part of this so that when they when they reach out they know what that talk track sounds like they understand you know where our sweet spot is or where we're focused where we're having success in the field so that they can go and try to replicate that. No, that, that's, that's awesome. So I guess what's been like the, the biggest lesson you've learned coming into the, this role and, and engaging with air gas, you know, what, what, what's the, been that, that, that light bulb moment that happened? Just that it's just, it's still so untapped, even though we're doing over 30 million, close to 33 million with air gas, it's just untapped. I'm air gas down the road. It's not, unreal to think of them as a, a 50 million 75 million dollar customer someday and i think once our field team is is comfortable with them and engaged and and their guest is making those reach outs and starts engaging us more and we can, and it'll happen it's just gonna it's gonna take us engaging with all those different divisions and layers of air gas that we already kind of talked about earlier well, I think that's a smart approach, and, and Doug, you've seen it for a while, you know, like focusing on the specialists, right? So we'll go into the safety specialists, go into the construction specialists, understanding where our product fits. It seems that that's been an easier route in than just showing up to a branch or, or you know, trying to get right. in front of a meeting. Yeah, that's the first step, I think, and in, in what we've seen, too, with some of the success we've had in MCR and certain pockets is start with the safety, but you, you start with the safety specialists, and then you move on from there. They'll open the doors to account managers and uh, and start having that dialogue. And when we can start connecting with the with the masses of the account managers, I, I think it'll really start to pop. As, and that's what we're seeing in certain spots. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, my, from my limited experience with working with Airgas too, is that their sellers aren't afraid. You know, they will, mm-hmm. uh, they will get you in. Ryan, Ryan McNally and I can tell you all a story over some beers of us getting like chased out of a, a Tyson plant, basically like getting screamed at about walking. We just, <laughs> we walked to the back door and the guy was like, what are you doing here? And it was like, <laughs> but you know, but that, that's cool. Cause they are in a lot of, you know, and they have that access. And we think of other, uh, IMRO distributors who, who have that access, but Eric has that access. They, they're in these right. accounts they, you know, maybe, maybe they're not in it for necessarily initially for our products, but, but they can have those conversations, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, looking at growing from thirty to thirty-five to seventy-five million, you know, not, not giving out the secret sauce, but you know, what what are your goals? What are you working on in the next quarter or the next year? What's what's where are we pushing towards? Trip said it before. We've got two on the hook right now that are ready to to, to break. Uh, Fluke is right there with all that pipeline we've been building. Uh, we're close to to getting a a tiered agreement for them, and that will really just open it up. I mean. I mean, we've really been going and doing all these trainings are kind of outside the norm, uh, but we've been making them happen. And now imagine once they're supported and they're tiered and uh, there's top-down support, that will be great. Uh, so, you know, that's Fluke. Werner's the next one. Coast is the next one. So we've just got a series of them lined up. But, you know, let's make no mistake. It's uh, we live and die. Our air gas numbers live and die with DuPont and MCR. So uh, if those two get a cold, our numbers are bad. Uh, so we, we can't, you know, we can't uh, have a have a mess with uh, with DuPont and MCR. Those are really the horses, the still the main dollars. But to continue to get get it to where, you know, we want to be, uh, we need a couple more programs. So that also that when we when we're out in the field with air gas, there's four or five or six or seven things that we can work with them on rather than historically in the past. It was only DuPont and MCR. Right. Now, do you find that, I guess, when you're going in, when we just do, we did a business review yesterday and there's stuff, as you're approaching our manufacturers about air gas, is there a little bit of hesitancy there? Maybe just unknown, you know, as far as from their, their standpoint? Absolutely. I think there's a, a lot of unknown for the most part from our, you know, our client base on air gas and, and how to make it work. Um, and uh, it, we are different than, than Grager and Fastenal. So it's, it's a different animal for sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's education on what makes it work. And that, that's, that's what the clients hire us for, I believe, right? Right. Bring that knowledge of what makes air gas work and, and how we, how we can do it. Well, I think that it's kind of a testament to both of you that, you know, working behind the scenes and the relationships and the product management and understand the programs and understanding the field piece and going out and, and, and building all those relationships. You know, you can't just stick a, a, a person on air gas. You know, if you're, if you're a manufacturer and you want to be successful, it's not like, oh, well, Bill's on air gas, you know, like that's probably not going to net you in you're going to get the Heisman and I think for a long time I, I think even we've experienced that it was like yeah you know great you have some stuff but you know not not now and the two of you are able to tell these stories and talk about how you've built these programs and, and elevated them up and taking something like fluke like hey give us a shot let us let us do this right. there, there's a good story there when we, when we build the fluke piece out 100 percent on tier two and full engagement that's also going to help us with the pipeline on everything else because yeah. that's going to get us to the end user. And that's always been the hardest piece with air gas is actually getting to the end user. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's, that's smart looking at ways that we can bring our brands that have a, I don't want to say a touch point, but things that you need to experience in person. You can always send a pair of gloves in or you can always send a suit in, but you know, to demo an II 900 or a TI 480 plus or whatever that is, you need to be there. You got to experience the customer's pain. 
So how mm-hmm. can how can we leverage the success? What can what can the line drive team as, as a whole do to help you two build this and, and get to that seventy five million? Well, I guess I you know um, there's really more of a Trevor world, but uh, you know I think it, it's that symbiotic relationship of activity in the field, wins in the field, the support. Uh, and I was explaining this to the to the Werner leadership team just yesterday. Airgas has a specific process they go through when they go and want to do a tier. Um, they'll go. I can put I can put a program on the table that gives somebody twenty percent rebate, but rebate of nothing means nothing. So we've got to have a program. There's got to be business. And so one of the steps for Airgas is they pick up the phone and they ask their four division hard good leads across the country. What do you think about this brand? What do you? Will we be successful? Line Drive is repping this brand. Is this something that you want your team to spend time on? Yes or no? And if that answer comes back as no, then that program doesn't move forward. So the answer is only going to come back with yes if there's some knowledge in the field about line drive working with that brand. Trevor's been out there, you know, putting some programs in place locally around ladders, getting people interested. Our teams have been out in the field talking about, you know, ladder audits, talking about fall protection even. Um, and having those dialogues. So when that phone call comes, that division leader says, yeah, my team's aware, they know what they're doing, and and yes, we think we can make this work with Werner or with Fluke. Um, So we need that. You know, we we need that uh, support in the field to really get these programs uh, one at the corporate level. Yeah, that's that's sort of interesting. Uh, My good friend Michael Abdella talks about making the wheel move faster and you know, Trev by, by Trev. I don't say greasing the skids. That's a, that's a good strange thing. By greasing the skids out there in the field, um, you know, you, you're able to do that. And I think that, that's an interesting point. As we focused on, you know, not only just corporate programs, but we're also looking at, um, you know, we're, we're looking at the, the field piece of it too, and marrying the two. That's what's really driving it. So, you know, it, it sounds like from from in order to help you all, you know, for our field team to really engage with Trev and make sure that we're being strategic and and aligning to that to help start drive some of the foundational uh, pieces out there to help make programs work. Yep. Absolutely. Trevor, what would you add to that? Any, any other thought there? <clears throat> just the basics, like we talked about earlier is just getting a strategy session set up with your aligned safety specialist. If you don't know who your well process specialist is similar there, taking that to, to build out targets, get end user visits and make sure we're bundling. Once we do get out to the end user, because that's always been kind of the missing piece, and we'll we'll see growth from there. That's what that's where we're really going to see it happen, and and then you'll start getting those calls just because you have that no like and trust. The, you have that relationship. That really is, again, it's such a key thing. I mean, it's such a basic thing, but that's really what we need. Right. And one of the things I want to touch on, you mentioned very early on in this this conversation, was national accounts. And working with it, and Airgas has some pretty strong relationships with some of these very large national companies. You know, Doug, Trev, have you been able to, to leverage that and start working with it? I know, Doug, you, you mentioned you've worked pretty strongly with some of their national account managers and using that as a, as a ramp to help drive hyper growth. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been one of probably our tougher areas uh, to, to break in. Um, I think it's just been um, Airgas is very protective on that side, but where we can, uh, you know, have those dialogues and have those opportunities and Trev's been, you know, really cracking away at, at a couple of those, those big ones. I mean, we've had the Volcraft, the new course deal. That was a, a big one that, you know, that really helped us uh, push that one program over the finish line. And uh, now we've got a couple that are, that are teed up or in, and in good spot. And, 
you know, that Tony Amolo, ex-safety specialist, now program manager, we're just chatting on this. He's like, hey, it's not rocket science, guys. You know, get out to a couple of those plants. You know, don't expect the NAM to just make it happen and wave a magic wand for you. But if you've got a win in one plant and they've got 10 across the country, go get another win in another plant and then go see that NAM. You know, that that was his his uh, his recommendation just yesterday on uh, making that happen. So, you know, we, we cut it at the couple different ways trev's gotten connected with some people and go go tops down and start getting the right access to plants uh and i know we also want to do that you know replication plant number two plant number three and then bring it to the nam as well yeah i'm working with a couple different groups of sams at the call center so we had a meeting with uh one of the managers this week when we were out of corporate that went well she's look she's helping us look at uh setting up a target for an initiative with each one of her sellers we've already had a successful one with Dan Zimmerman with one of her one of her sellers Pat Wilson and then on the construction side uh, there's a new there's a new construction uh, national account specialist that uh, that we have a relationship with have a monthly cadence with him set up a monthly call so he's uh, he's on board with you know we have a target list a hot target list and uh, you know taking it from there and and it's really about showing them where we have success and then they're open to to you know connecting with other nams it's just they want to see proof they want to see hey show us and then we'll and then we'll open the door it's a little uh, trust but verify right they're like, like i, I yeah. see you but i need to see that success first right <laughs> hey brian i hate to do this but you know coincidentally i have a call coming up right now where i'm putting coast in a call with the avp for uh, the east region of air gas and we're building a spiff that we're then going to take and put in Trev's hand and we're going to replicate that across the country. So those, uh, those two gentlemen are on the other side here waiting for me. I all right. All right. This, go. is, this is good. That's like, we're, we're ending the, we're ending the session by like promoting, Hey, everyone be, be aware of the new coast promotion coming up from Doug. You guys are awesome. This is great. Love to see the success you've had really putting it out there. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a huge piece of our business going forward, really driving that, that growth. So Doug, Trev, awesome work. Thank you for joining the, the podcast today. And, uh, you're awesome. I love it. It's been Thanks, fun. Steve. All right. Joining me now, one of our newest hires, I guess in a string of new hires, uh, frequent uh, collaborator up north, uh, someone who I'm excited to get to chat with on the podcast today, Mr. Neil Lang. Neil, how are you? Hey, Z, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. So our, our segment, Get to Know a Newbie, we've uh, put another person up on the block here. Um, give us a background. Where did, where did you come from before Line Drive? Yeah, so uh, currently I'm fighting out of Appleton, Wisconsin by way of Rockton, <laughs> Illinois. Any UFC fans will get it, but everyone else won't, so forgive me for that. But um, <laughs> just grew up about 10 miles north of Rockford, Illinois, which is northwest of Chicago, uh, right on the state line there. And um, Met the wife in college, and she's brought me back to her hometown in Appleton, which is just south of Green Bay, which is uh, Tundra Town and Title Town. Tundra Town and Title. Does that mean you're a, a Packers fan, or are you still a Bears fan, or were you never a Bears fan? I am a Packers fan. Yeah, it's a weird thing um, to give you the real short story on it. I became a fan of every team that I went to their game first. So my mom's family is from Janesville, Wisconsin. My dad's is from Rockford, Illinois. I went to Blackhawks and Cubs games in Illinois first, so I'm fans of them. And I went to Badgers and Packer games first, so I'm fans of them. And it's been that way for my whole life. I, I'm going to guess the uh, Venn diagram of Cubs fans and Packers fans is probably pretty low. 
where that intersects. It's yeah, it's smaller than you know even you could imagine, but <laughs> I'm proud to be one of the weird ones. Well, that's great. So, um, born and born and raised in, in Illinois, in a Wisconsin kid, you know, that real strong Midwest values. I like that. So I'll try my best, right? At least I'll fake it for you. <laughs> so, prior to Line Drive, you were uh, in working in the industry before this, so you're not necessarily new to the industry. Yeah, I'm uh, actually. Let's go. I guess from right after college. Thought I was going to be a police officer for my entire life growing up. Uh, was actually about a month away from going to the police academy while I was working a nose-bloodying job doing cold calls for American Express Open. And got a call from MSC Industrial Supply and a recruiter from Monster.com. And um, by way of just having some good conversations and getting along with the manager, was offered a position there. So my life went from being a cop to being in industrial sales. So worked at MSC for six years. Um, both on the outside sales and then in the key account program, which I know Ryan Latham will know pretty well, but uh, was there for six years, knew Trevor by way of that, and that's kind of how I got the lead into line drive. Ah, all right. A little, uh, little Trevor referral. You, you worked with him, you're like, yeah, I could do what this guy does. I'm a big, big Trevor fan. That's awesome. So would you say that's a Trevor's the thing that drew you to line drive? I think so. There was... Um, in the MSC world, a little bit more of the focus tends to be on the metalworking side. So a lot of the gentlemen there that did better because the, the focus is so heavy there, um, were the guys that either had machining experience from a previous job or they were some sort of an engineer in the past. And I was doing well at it. I acclimated, learned what I could, was able to have the conversations, but was never an expert. Uh, the interesting part to me though, was as me wanting to be kind of like the, I don't know, I don't want to say I had a hero complex or something, but I always wanted to help people stay safe. Mm. And maybe that's why the cop thing or whatever was going to be a lead into what I thought would be my career. I think safety was something I always cared more about. So when I worked with Trevor, it was always an interesting you know, time. I wish I would have been able to do it more, but when we got a chance to, we did well. And that was kind of my draw. So when he said, hey, you know, I've moved on to a different role. There is an opening there if you're interested. I said, yep, I'm going to apply for that right now. So <laughs> Great. here we are. That's awesome. That's a uh, one to hear great, great reviews for Trev. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, doesn't surprise me, right? But uh, I think the interesting part you talked about, like helping people and saving people, and that is a big portion of, of what we do. Um, you know, sometimes it could be trivial, but I think a lot of times that you know, making sure that everyone goes home safely, we are providing that expertise and providing the products to make sure that that workers can do their job uh, and you know, go home in one piece. It is. It's interesting. I think. One of the funniest things about switching into this role is when you go and do like a ladder training, you feel like it's going to be something where it's common sense. But when you actually get down, you know, into the nitty gritty of the conversation, there are things where those gentlemen that try to act real hard to you and like, well, I already have a ladder at home that's all rusty. It doesn't matter. I use it, you know, for whatever I need. They, they kind of do get involved in the conversation and it seems like they do have an interest in, you know, keeping themselves safe by the end of the time that you're there. Um, I always felt weird when it's like you get some gruff old 50 year old guy that's been doing the job for 30 years and they don't want you to talk to him about ladder safety, but it just seems like if you show them that you care enough, you're able to get something out of them by the end of the conversation or the end of the training, uh, where they kind of get your buy-in a little bit. That's something I've been surprised by, but also very happy with. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a, I think to your point, you do these ladder inspections and, and at times you've got like the, the glazed look and people are just, you know, trying to check a box, but then there are the people that are interested in, and to them, it, it, it's something that they take seriously. And, and that's, I always said that was a cool feeling. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you get an experience that too. 
I think they have to know that you're serious about it too. I, I know that when we were down at uh, fall protection training in Atlanta, Chad Lingerfeld did probably the best job from Werner Co. when we were doing the fall protection piece of just how seriously he takes that job. And it is, I mean, it really is a life or death situation. Um, even though a lot of people try to play it off, I think kind of seeing the passion that he has for it really allowed me to kind of be like, Hey, it is okay for us to talk passionately about this subject, even if someone's giving you that rolled eyed look or whatever they want to do. By the end of it, if you're conveying the message properly, I think they're going to end up getting something from it or taking something away from it at least. Right. No, that's fair. I mean, it's, yeah, if we're going to be there and, and take it seriously, because it is, um, you know, falling from a ladder or, or you know, wearing fall protection, uh, it can have some negative consequences. That it's, it's cool that you know we're putting in that effort and, and energy, and, and hopefully the customers are giving it back. So. Um, Hundred percent. So you've, you've been in this industrial space, you know, and, and worked both with MSC now with with Line Drive for three months. You know, what is it you like about that spot? Is it is it the helping people and the safety aspect? I think that is a main proponent of what I enjoy most about it. I think what we sell is something I believe in. Um, I'm not even joking. I believe it or not, was. I saw a guy go down in the parking lot um, after a round before our league started and a volunteer fire rescue guy came in and brought him back with an AED. So if I wasn't a believer before I was after that. Um, so I'm obviously someone where it's like, Hey, we got to believe in the products we sell. Otherwise people are going to be able to see through it. So anything we can do to keep people safe, I'm always a fan of, and you know, cut injuries can be minimal. They can be, you know, small, but sure. it's still an injury at the end of the day. It costs, costs the end user money. And it's, it creates all sorts of problems for them. So I do enjoy being able to try and, you know, sell products that are actually helping people not get hurt. You don't want people to go through pain and have them go to work. It's hard enough to wake up in the morning and go to work some days anyways. The last thing you need is to get a, you know, nice piece of metal coming across your finger and cutting you up. So right. I, uh, I've been enjoying the entire process of it and mostly the company in general from, you know, we, can, we don't have to go into that. But, you know, the company atmosphere itself is also another huge piece that's... Uh, made me happy over the last couple months. No, that's cool. I was going to say, so you've been three months in. What's been the, the most interesting thing you've learned so far? Well, it's too much to be able to actually describe <laughs> in a 10-minute <laughs> segment on uh, Certified Fresh. It's uh, I've met a ton of people. I've been very fortunate. My onboarding was during the time that they were doing the last fall protection training, so I got to go out to eat uh, with a bunch of line drivers the first time, and then I got a chance to go to Atlanta and do my own fall protection training. So I've met a good chunk of people in this company. And I think just the energy level and the motivation is something that I've never experienced in distribution. And I don't think many have, um, if they've come from that background, they can always, you know, email me if they think I was wrong, but, um, (laughs) you know, there's a, there's a passion here for what we're doing and what we're trying to sell. And I think that does help you wake up on Monday morning and say, Hey, I'm not just going to go through the motions today. I'm going to try and go out and sell some product Cause I know that, you know, company call or that, you know, whatever deal I can close is going to get some attention. We can maybe pass it from state to state or region to region. And I think just the pure energy is what has been the greatest thing so far. And, you know, obviously the open nature of this company being small enough to be able to communicate with everyone, but being big enough to have a national reach is a a rare commodity for us. Yeah. I think you you make a good point there. I I did want to touch back on, you know, you're saying about sort of success sharing, right. And and that's a cool part about this organization is that, 
while, while people are competitive, it's not necessarily your success doesn't necessarily negatively impact someone else. So if you've got a win with, uh, you know, a large national customer, we, we try to share and promote that. And I think everyone's really working together to, to try to amplify and, and get out those best practices and, and amplify those wins when we can, which is, is definitely something cool. And it's always cool to hear. I think it's the draw of line drive as a whole. Um, I tried to, I'll just quick caveat this. Sure. My father-in-law is a sales guy. Um, he sells water chemicals for boiler rooms essentially at industrial places and when i got this new job he's like so what do you do and i'm like well we represent different manufacturer reps and you know they hire us to be able to have national outreach on their product And he's like so you don't sell anything and i'm like no we definitely do and he's like well i don't see the point well when i explained to him that you know by taking wins from one place to another and being able to show that to the manufacturers, that's kind of where the value can be drawn from. And also just having, you know, more of a footprint in our own territory. I was able to kind of get them to see our methodology, more or less. You <laughs> saw, um, saw the value so it was hard of at first, but it's, right. Well, you know, I had to sell it to them, so it was a good practice round for me. <laughs> that is good. You're, like, you're, like, you're, you're being harassed by your own family. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, some people that don't understand when the uh, when the point of sale doesn't go directly through your company, they, you know, you have a hard time sometimes explaining it. But once you are able to make them realize like, hey, we're coming in here and we're selling a solution, not just a part number. That's oh, yeah, that's where you can really get them to come through on it. And when you're partnered to say, hey, not only am I help you with this, but look, here are the other things I can help you out with as well. You know, like the sort of the power of yep. all the brands combined is really cool. Um, yes. So what's, what is Neil's go-to on the weekend? What do you like to do to relax? Um, there's not a lot of relaxing. I've got two daughters. <laughs> um, one is five and one is about to turn four. So okay. for relaxing, I like to sleep at night. That's <laughs> kind of my favorite thing. Um, but in terms of like hobbies and stuff, um, you know, spring, summer, I'm going to be golfing. Winter is going to be snowboarding. And then in the fall, um, it's going to be bow hunting or gun hunting, even though that's only 11 days, um, here in Wisconsin, but, um, I kind of just have my three things, you know? I've- so being an adopted Wisconsinite or maybe I guess, uh, a permanent Wisconsinite at this point, uh, you got to ask me this or answer me this. Are cheese curds a food group? To Wisconsinites? Yes. <laughs> but it's also very hard to make people understand that it's not supposed to have breading on it for it to be a cheese curd. Right. So we can, we can go into the details another time, but. All I know is if you're doing them right, what you're going to do is you're going to buy them. They're not going to be in a refrigerator. They're going to be sitting on the counter. You're going to buy them. You bite into them. They make a squeaky noise. And then, you know, you got good cheese curds. That is, yeah. Um, That's something I learned. It's the essence of what cheese curds are. And if you're buying them deep fried, they're not cheese curds technically. I guess like a deep fried cheese curd is really just a mozzarella stick or something similar. I agree. Yes. I agree. I had to be converted to that. That was one of my Illinois things that I had to learn was when I came up here, it was, that's not a cheese curd, this is, and now I'm a believer, so I'd be happy to try and convert anyone that's willing to try. Got to find the squeaky ones. That's the, that's the key, right? Yeah, exactly. Any, um, any cool shows you've watched recently? You binged maybe during the pandemic? Uh, during the pandemic, I mean, we're, we watch TV a fair amount. I've listened to some of your podcasts, and some people are not big you know, cable watchers, Ryan McNelly, you know, not calling anyone out, but, uh, we watch a fair amount of TV, Netflix. Um, I've, I've watched plenty of shows in my day. Used to be a lot more like sons of anarchy back when it was on, you know, cable and stuff like that. But during pandemic, we just recently got into Ted Lasso. The second season's coming around right now. So just watch the second episode of that. That's fantastic. And I'm actually going to be, uh, well, I was voluntold that I'm going to be coaching my daughter's soccer team this fall. So I'm going to watch that for a lot of inspiration. Um, other than that, 
I've watched almost all of Queen's Gambit oh. and some other random shows that Netflix picked up, but that's really... It's not that interesting of a life. You're managing two children under five or, or five and under. I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's not a ton of free time there, but I like that. Also, I like and it's breaking. What's up? Breaking news to a few people. Um, we are actually expecting our third. Oh, February seventh. Cool. Twenty twenty two. So look at that. Making actual news on Certified Fresh. I love it. Well, congratulations. I had to make a pop somehow, so we figured this. That's like, like I'll have a third kid. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, I want to. I want to come out pretty strong in this segment, so I'm gonna go ahead and have a third kid. <laughs> like, honey, hear me out. It's a really <laughs> good idea. That's awesome. That that is really cool. So you're gonna be extra busy come February, March. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be a lot. I I do appreciate you're saying you've been voluntold that you're gonna coach. That's uh, that's a good word. I'm stealing that. That was the uh, that was the old military for you that came out quite a bit. So you know you gotta make your bones there somehow, and a lot of times it's just doing jobs you don't want to do. So that's uh, part of the game. Well, I uh, I don't know if Ted Lasso is gonna actually. I, I've watched Ted Lasso I think five times now, and I don't think there's actually any like soccer skill that gets shown on that. Just there's a lot of just good messages yeah. about caring. They're gonna get the same amount of knowledge from me, so it's gonna. I think it'll translate better to five-year-olds than it will to a professional soccer club or football yeah. club whatever they call it over yeah, there most likely. um we'll uh you know we'll, we'll make do just kind of set some cones up and tell them not to touch the ball with their hands and we should be fine it's pretty straightforward i like it <laughs> well neil thank you for joining us congratulations good luck on the soccer coaching good luck with line drive um we look forward to you being around for a long time all right thank you so much i appreciate being here and uh thanks for the time Well, that's our show. Another fresh look into the workings of Line Drive. Thanks to you all for listening, and a special thanks to Doug Eichner, Trevor Bayman, and Neil Lang for joining us. And congrats again to the Lang family on their upcoming edition. Make sure that you subscribe on your favorite pod hosting platform, and tell all your friends and coworkers to listen. I love hearing requests for new segments, so keep the suggestions coming. Certified Fresh is a Line Drive production. Recording comes from the Line Drive Chicago studio. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania, and our amazing technical producer is Amy Struckmeyer, also known as Wonder Woman. 